just one thing with Carrie Kenyon Dunn. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and we are doing several weeks on gratitude and having a heart of thankfulness as we move into the Thanksgiving and holiday season. And this week, my very dear friend, Melina Puente, is back to jump into Psalms with me. Hi, Melina. Thank you so much for being here. Glad to be here. So I chose this week's verse. I chose Psalm 7 verse 17. And before we dive into the verse itself, I would like to very quickly just give a little bit of context. This is a prayer for justice. This would be classified as a psalm of lament. And I love that Spurgeon called this psalm the song of the slandered saint. Mm. So we believe this specific incident to be when Cush went to King Saul and lied about David. And most probably the lie was that he had stolen or he had taken possessions of monetary value that belonged to King Saul and he had acquired them and taken them for himself. Now, keep in mind, King Saul is already hunting David, trying to kill him. So this lie, this gossip was no small thing. This was jeopardizing David's life even more. So what you see as you work through this very short psalm, it's only 17 verses. So we're our verse of the week is the last verse of the psalm. But what you see as you go through this psalm, the psalm of lament, and I'm just going to highlight it really quickly so we can get into our actual verse. But you see this plea of King David for God to save or rescue or deliver him. And then he goes into this plea of, God, I'm innocent. I'm not perfect. I'm not altogether righteous, but I'm righteous in this situation, he's saying. We all know that David has quite a story, right? Yes. David knows his own heart. David ultimately becomes an adulterer and a murderer later in his life. He's not saying I'm perfect. He's not saying I'm sinless. He's saying, I have not done what I'm being accused of. Yeah. So I need you to know that I'm innocent. And I need you now to judge those that are rising up. They're slandering me. They're lying about me. And they're putting my life in jeopardy. And then what you see is this movement into his confidence. Yes. There's a plea. There's this anguish. There's these cries, but then he moves into this confidence that, God, you are the righteous judge. This is what you do. You defend the righteous. And then he makes this comparison to the nature of the wicked, what wicked people do versus what righteous people do. So you see this progression in Psalm chapter 7 from cries of anguish into the shout of confidence. Yeah. So this is a song. This is a song of a man who is being persecuted, whose life is being threatened. And he's saying, God, I'm crying out to you, but my cries are going to turn into shouts of praise because I'm so confident in who you are. Yes. That confidence turns into a vow. And that vow is our verse of the week. So Psalm chapter 7, verse 17 says this, I will... And I circled will. I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will, circled it again. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. 
So that's our verse of the week. That's a little of the backstory, what's actually going on. These are not idle threats. These are threats coming from military forces that want to kill him. He is a threat. So you go first, Melina. Pull some truth out of this verse that we can apply to our lives today. We're probably not experiencing a manhunt. Right. But we do have anguish. We do have pain in our lives. And there's a lot of truth that's very applicable here. What did you pull out? What was most significant for you? The word that stuck out for me specifically, and because it is highlighted throughout the chapter, is the word just. Mm -hmm. When he says, I will thank the Lord because he is just. And I remember when I read it, I just stopped right there. And I was like, just. And all I could think of were other passages where the verse says, you are the God of justice and righteousness. And the truth in this passage is the first thing that came to mind is we serve a God of justice and righteousness. He is the one who is our judge and our jury. The other piece that came up that was like that declaration in Second Chronicles, and you have mentioned this one before, Carrie, when the worshipers are in front of the, the army and they're declaring this, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. And there's just this declaration. He is the one of justice and righteousness is putting him most high. And I love the confidence piece. What is true is that pure heart that David had in that moment, in that situation, and that part where you shared just so resonates because we can be in that place where we can cry out and know that God will take care of us if we have examined our hearts and we know he's taking care of all of our needs. Right. So again, David's not saying I'm perfect and I'm sinless. He's saying in this specific situation, yep. I have not done it wrong. And God, you know that. And so I need you to rise up and defend me. And that is so important that you pulled that out, that we know who he is. And that we're able to have that confidence in him, not because our circumstances appear to be going in a direction that's favorable for us. The truth that I pull out is I will thank the Lord, not because I like my circumstances, not because I would choose what I'm walking through, not because my life is perfect. I don't praise him for the term we throw around very loosely is the blessings, right? We think the things are the blessings. Getting our way is the blessing. And many years ago, I wrote a message and I delivered it many times and it was called Desperately Blessed. And what is the real meaning of blessing? According to Matthew chapter five, right? Blessed right. are those that are persecuted. Blessed are those that are suffer. Blessed are those that are mourn. Blessed are those, you know, who suffer for my namesake. So blessing isn't that everything goes the right way. What the psalmist is saying here, and the truth that I pull out, Melina, is I'm going to thank the Lord because of who he is. Amen. Because he's just, because he's righteous. That's why I'm going to thank him. And I think that's the truth that I want to hinge my spirit on going into this Thanksgiving and entire holiday season. Actually, it would probably be a good idea to just hinge my spirit on that going into the whole new year as well. I'm going to thank you, Lord, not because everything's going the way that I want it to. I lost my sister six months ago, and this has been a hard year. And I just celebrated my first birthday ever without her. We had the exact same birthday. I was her fifth birthday present, she called me. And 
I just had my first birthday ever without her. And in a very small way, I'm resonating with what the psalmist is saying. I, I have pain. I have heartache in this world. I have difficulty in this world. We all do. But the one thing that doesn't change and the one reason we can remain grateful is because God is the same. Amen. My circumstances change. Your circumstances change. There will be pain. There will be hardship. Jesus promised us in this world, you will have many trials and troubles, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So the truth is I will thank the Lord because of who he is. Not because it's easy, not because I'm perfect and I'm always going to get my way. I'm not, I'm a sinner, but in this situation, Lord, my hands and my heart are pure. Would you rise up and defend me? And I'm going to trust in the middle of the difficulty that you're at work because it's who you are. I don't trust in my circumstances. I trust in who you are. Mm-hmm. So Melina, what is the choice that you pull out of this verse? recognizing that if he's the righteous one and the just one, I'm not. <laughs> a couple other passages that highlighted that for me were in Psalm eighty-nine, fourteen. It talks about righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. And then Psalm 97, again, the dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. As you said, it's who he is. It's where he sits. It's like, this is our king. He is the just one. He is our just and righteous God. And the confidence of David is really what got me to this choice, which is, I want to have short accounts. I want my heart to be pure as as best as I can. I mean, I sin. I know I I offend people or I might hurt someone. I might do something, uh, whether it is something internally that is my own issue or is something that's done to me, but I want to have short accounts. I want to be able to recognize I'm not the judge and jury and that I, I want to be quick to forgive, Carrie. I really do. And I want to be mindful. And if I find myself making a judgment and I mean, I can use the other night as an example, I was driving and somebody did something. And I said, oh man, they need to be. And I mean, I didn't even finish my sentence. I said, Lord, just keep them safe. And, and I hope they're going to be okay and get where they need to be. But I caught myself because I wanted mm-hmm. to be like, what's wrong with you? Um, and just in those moments, just catching myself to just have a short account with my own spirit, because it's, if, if we can't be honest with ourselves, it's, it's, it's all downhill. We, we've got to be able to have a pure heart in that. And when we look in the mirror, know we are the beloved and know our identity. The other piece of that choice, Carrie, is if I'm able to keep short accounts, if I'm able to choose to forgive quickly, a part of that has been some healing for me in this last week, just having a few appointments with counselor and really letting my heart be open to my past and some things that have happened in my life. So I wanted to really let the Holy Spirit help me dig a little deeper. And I was able to, and I got to go through and work through some really deep forgiveness that I had no idea I'd kind of harbored and held in there so deeply. But I realized on the other side of it, that second part of the verse was really highlighted. And so it's in that choosing to forgive, having short accounts, that I will sing praises to your name of the Lord Most High. I mean, I I was. I was able to get to that place where 
there was just so much gratitude for the healing, for the lightness, for the ability to let him be the judge in that circumstance, that I don't have to do anything about it. He's taking care of it, and he is healing my heart to surrender. And that's been a really awesome experience. Uh, and I mean, it's not fun. Let's not go that far. But I know it is definitely an opportunity for me to look more like Jesus and yeah, just keep short accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well said. I took the verse in two parts and pulled the truth out of the first part and the choice out of the second, like you did. And in the same way that my truth is, I thank the Lord because of who he is. I pull my choice out of the second part of the verse saying, I'm going to sing praises to the name of the Lord most high. In other words, I am going to shout, proclaim, worship the one who is above everything else, above myself, above all my other relationships, above all my circumstances, all my challenges, all of the blessings, all of the things I would say are good things. He is the Lord Most High, also known as the Most High God. Amen. He is above everything else. He is higher and deeper and wider, and he is everything that we need. And when I have a perspective that he's above everything else and everything else is below him, under him, that's where my confidence comes from. The same place the psalmist had this assurance that God was going to rise up and defend him and that he was going to have victory. There was going to be triumph, not because of who the psalmist saw himself as, but who he saw God as. He saw God as this righteous defender, and he knew that God's deliverance was coming, and he was going to praise God in advance. It's kind of like, here, God, here's my problem with Cush. Here's what's going on with these people that are trying to kill me. I'm just going to drop this right there with you, God, and it's in your hands. It's your responsibility, and I'm going to keep praising. And you said something earlier, Melina, that I'm going to reiterate because it's very, very succinctly said. And I want to give you credit for this. You said it is a choice between praising God for who he is and acknowledging him as the Lord Most High or fancying myself as the judge and the jury. Mm. He's either the judge. He's either the righteous one that's going to dole out what is just and true and right in all situations, or I'm putting myself in that position of judge and jury. I'm looking and I'm, I'm criticizing and I'm having contempt or bitterness or unforgiveness rise up in my heart because I'm looking at people, I'm looking at circumstances, I'm looking at situations on an earthly plane. And when I'm looking at those things, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not acknowledging him for who he is. So it's very simple, isn't it? I'm either praising him this Thanksgiving season for who he is and acknowledging that he's most high. Everything is underneath his authority. Everything in my life had to be approved by him, had to go through him. For it to touch me, he had to sign off on it. And if I'm acknowledging his position as the Most High God, like the psalmist did, I can also make the vow. I'm going to praise you because of who you are, and I'm going to sing to you before my situation changes. 
because I recognize that what I'm walking through that I hate, that I would never choose, is under your authority, God. You're in control. And so I'm going to leave it with you, an outward expression of leaving my troubles, my cares, and my worries with you is what? Is to praise your name and to worship you for who you are. It's full circle. Mm-hmm. It's a full circle gratitude, yes. heart of thanksgiving, worship experience. And that is what the psalmist is trying to say. And I love that this psalm so beautifully depicts what many people listening to this podcast feel. They're going through dark waters. They don't feel like anybody's rising up and defending them or protecting them or providing for them. And if you feel that way and you're listening to this podcast, would you read Psalm chapter 7? It's only 17 verses. It's super fast and easy to read. And it's basically the psalmist saying, God, deliver me, save me, rescue me. I'm innocent. I want you to judge the people that are coming against me. They're in your hands. I'm confident in who you are, God. You know the nature of the wicked. That's not me. That's not who I am. I'm not perfect. I'm not sinless, but my heart and my hands are pure. And because of who you are, God, I'm going to make a vow to praise you and to thank you. And I'm going to sing to you because you are Lord most high. You are above every circumstance that touches my life. Hallelujah. So, Melina, thank you for so beautifully stating the truth and the choice that we can apply to our lives from this verse. Would you close us in prayer that we would do just that? Not just this week, but this entire holiday season. It's so easy to grumble, isn't it? It's so easy to complain. It's so easy to think through, like, all the things that we'd like to change about our day. I just have to giggle because... You had this tested the other day. You texted me that you drove very far in the, in. <laughs> you, well, I don't know that it was in the wrong direction. You drove the opposite direction of where a ball game was happening to go yes. love on one of your family members. It took up your whole evening. You arrive there. You find out the game is somewhere else. And instead of grumbling and complaining, you texted me that you were having a great time with Jesus in the car. And that's a good example of what the psalmist is trying to say. Would you have chosen to give an entire evening driving somewhere for no apparent reason? Especially with gas prices being what they are, right? (laughs) I just drove four hours for no reason. And you can laugh and you can say, wow, Lord, you really wanted a date with me. Yes. And that's just a little kind of lighthearted example of what we're trying to say here. If I know who he is, I can praise him regardless of my circumstance, because even this circumstance that I don't like is under his authority. Melina, please pray for us. Yes, yes. Lord, we just want to make much of who you are, and we want to declare that you are the righteous one. You are the just God. You are the most high God. You are the glorious one. And we want to make much of who you are. So, Lord, I ask that you help each one of us be in that posture that we can keep our hearts pure, Lord. David even says it in Psalm 139, that you know everything about us and that we want to have pure hearts before you. So help us search our hearts, Lord, and help us be able to cry out to you for the circumstances that we are in the middle of, knowing that we can literally, like Carrie says, just drop them in your lap because we know you will take care of it. We are confident of that. So Lord, help us find that posture to be able to drop everything that is 
weighing us down and put it in your hands so that we can be in that posture to sing the praises to the Most High God, that we can make much of who you are. So help us keep our eyes fixed on you through the circumstances. Help us have hearts of gratitude and help us have a song on our lips, Lord. And we can use Second Chronicles 21, Lord, for give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. And we say yes and amen to the righteous and just King. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.